This episode is sponsored by yours truly, bitch, Megan at Coffee and Cardamancy. For the month of July, all intuitive tarot readings are on sale starting at just $25 and you're asking to afford it. I now offer intuitive and empathic coaching sessions too. And these are perfect when you need a little extra on top of your tarot reading because your life is a hot ass mess and you'd like honest, non-judgmental advice straight from my intuition to help you figure your shit out. Check my reviews on Facebook or visit the site at coffeecardamancy.com or check the link in my bio at Fat People Magic on Instagram. And now, on to the show! and welcome to the Blunt Best Friends Podcast. Get ready to laugh your ass off, dive into personal stories, gain some insight, and talk about this crazy thing called life. This is Megan, your favorite fat pan witch. And this is Dean, your favorite brow slaying Gation. And together, we're your Blunt Best Friends. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, I forgot to say it. (laughs) In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how I used to be a big fat whore how Dean's asshole is still super tight because he's never been a whore, fat or otherwise. The first thing I want to bring up is slut shaming. Dean, have you ever been slut shamed? Uh, no, bitch, because you just said my asshole is still super tight, and that is kind of true, so yeah. But no, what about you? Have you been slut shamed? Yeah, by myself. <laughs> and I also have a tight asshole. <laughs> Well, put that on the docket for things we have in common. But no, I mean, with when it comes to women, like, the higher your body count is, and in case you don't know what a body count is, it's how many people you've had sex with. Okay, I'm, I'm not that naive. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know if you knew how the cis folks be calling her or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know whose term that is, but my body count is high. Okay, I see you, girl. And that was something that I always had a... Sh- I struggled with it because... I have always been really uncomfortable with my sexuality, and it took me until, like, this year wow. to get kind of okay with it. Well, well, I always say I'm going to ask you what your number is, <laughs> but... Um, Ooh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> All right, let's not go there. Slut-shaming is... Well how, do you, well, how do you feel about it now, and do you still have a shame about being a slut in your past? Do it. As far as being a slut in my past, no, because I was young and I enjoyed the body that I had at the time. Okay. And I don't think that I should feel bad about that. I mean... I don't think you should either. That's coming from low body count Dean over here. So, I... You know, everybody's sexuality and everybody's sexual path is different. And that's just another one of those societal judging tools um, out there and your body your business right as long as you are being safe I mean I think that's the most important thing right Um, and well you should have told 23 23 year old me to be safe because uh, I wasn't safe Uh, well you know my cooter was running the show not my brain (laughs) runny cooter (laughs) hell no That's just going to be a, a an ongoing theme for each of our episodes, isn't it? Fluids coming out of orifices. Mm, my favorite. No. <laughs> That's so fucking nasty. Well, how do you view slut shaming? You know, the ex-goody-goody in me could have told you a different story about not 
you know, being judgmental about it. But again, I think, you know, your body, your business, your body, your choice. So what changed between goody, goody, you did, did goody, goody, you used to be like, Oh, bitch, you a nasty hoe. And what made you change your viewpoint on that? That's a great question. I don't know when the, the switch flipped for me. It just came with not being as judgmental about other things as well. Um, you know, like everybody's experience is different and who who are me to judge (laughs) (laughs) who are me to judge um so i just hmm. however and like gay i mean because gays be gays be doing it literally gays be doing it yeah i mean i think that's one of the what's that word s it starts with an s You don't know either. Anyway, stereotypes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's one of the stereotypes because you have, you know, men are expected to have higher libidos, whereas women are expected to have lower libidos. So if you take two men and you put them together, it's a fuck fit. Yeah. I mean, uh, dudes are dudes. Um, at the end of the day, no matter whether they like, whether they like dick, whether they like otherwise, you know, jeans. <laughs> um, I was going to say that P word, but I don't like no, that P word. No, skip it. Yeah, Just I don't, skip it. I don't like that P word, so. Um, It'll make too many people cringe, so yeah. we'll skip it. We'll okay, skip good. the C word, too. <laughs> Although, do we want to revisit my CTSD? My cunt traumatic stress <laughs> um, No. Yeah, men are men, and men, men are horny. I mean, not that, see, that's the other thing, though. Girls are not meant to be horny, right? Like, that's that's part of the slut-shaming thing, Oh, right? but bitch, we are. Oh, uh, bitch, I can imagine. We are. We just, I feel like we can have more willpower to not act on it, but I think that they don't act on it because society is like, no, you're, you're a trashy, trashy whore. Right. If you act on it. Yeah, you're supposed to be, you know, <clears throat> under the radar, only have sex, you know. When you're married. Uh-huh. On Saturdays only. <laughs> <laughs> Once a month. Right. When you're ovulating. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. No. Yeah. That is not how it works. I think some of it comes could come from religion too, and then some of it's like where you're raised. Yeah. Because I want, I don't know, but I wonder if up north they still have to deal with slut shaming as much as we do down here. I imagine. I mean, I think slut shaming is universal worldwide um you know different cultures have different views on sex and you know women are just um that's a whole other thing too women are just oppressed in so many ways um still in this society you know um yeah we want to talk about i mean we talk about your your body your business and your body your choice but think about how a lot of people don't think that way, you know. A lot of politicians don't think that way. Right. So, which, by the way, this kind of reminds me about your body, your choice, and politicians. How can you now scream your body, your choice, and not want to put a mask on, but <laughs> your body, your choice, no, you cannot get an abortion. But that's just my two cents right there. Right. We're just going to interject that little bit of politics <laughs> just, right there. Just a little wee bit there. So, so speaking about your 20s, what was your, uh, what was your experience and how did you come into your inner slut and, <laughs> and made it your outer slut? <laughs> See, what had happened was... Uh, what, happened? <laughs> what happened, girl? 
when I was in high school, mm-hmm. I was real big, okay? And nobody wanted to fuck the fat girl publicly, okay. which you ain't supposed to be fucking publicly. <laughs> I mean, if that's your thing, that's your thing. But you, you know what I'm saying. Right, no slut shame. So I was having my little hookups under the table, but ain't nobody want to claim nothing. And I had maybe three or four partners in high school. Okay. Okay. Two of them were older because, and already out of school, so they didn't care. They was like, she going to spread it, I'm going to get it in. Okay. Okay? All right. And then, (laughs) somehow my mama had known. My mama knew, because I come home, and she was like, you been fucking. And I was like, how the fuck does she know? Mama's know. Was you standing outside the window? Like, how did you know? She could smell that sex on you, girl. What? I took a shower after, bitch, both times. Well, you, didn't, you didn't scrub hard enough. Mm. <laughs> anyway, she knew. Maybe it's because my face was still red or something. Who fucking knows? But she knew, right? And so I was like, well, damn, I can't fuck for real. So then I just waited till I was in college. And once I moved to Tuscaloosa and got out, I was just like, let them floodgates open, queen, because... <laughs> I was doing whatever I wanted to do because I had all the freedom in the world. I had my own apartment, you know, that was when Facebook rolled out. Okay, yes. I got so much dick off of Facebook. Oh, my God. And just flirting with people that was in my classes. Um, I mean, granted, it was still under the table. Literally under the table? No. (laughs) No, there wasn't no under the table. It was with professors. Shut up. I didn't know I don't know anybody anybody. Yeah. I don't know about any of this. I missed my ethics final because I was fucking my ethics finals professor's best friend who was a classical music professor. Oh. It'd be as like that. Yes. Damn girl. It was like that. And I was just like, ooh, this dude is real old, but we gonna get it in, okay? <laughs> and I got a parking ticket because of where I was parked. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, because you, you was you was ooh. acting up. Anyway, so I paid that little parking ticket, but whatever. <clears throat> it was worth it. And then, um, yeah, I just, I had a good time when I was in college. And then I settled down with the man that I ended up marrying with my first marriage, right? Yeah. And that little itty-bitty teeny-tiny Peter, Oop. wasting my time Oop. thing, <laughs> if you could even call it that. Was it micro? Might as well have been. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Might as well have been, because I had to put on my glasses and my sunglasses and a magnifying glass and a microscope just to see what I was trying to suck on. I might as well have been licking my damn hand. Your pinky. Right? Shit, my pinky's bigger. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, so I he ended up cheating on me. I was like, all right, let her try and find her herself up under that pinky or whatever. <laughs> so we got a divorce, and I waited six months after my divorce so, you know, society wouldn't judge me. Right. And to go through my little grieving process or whatever. Because, I mean, even, even if you're out of love with somebody, there's still a grieving process of, like, I'm never going to see this person ever again. True. If you're lucky and don't got kids with them like I didn't. And I just went, you know, after that six-month period was up, I went a little bit hog wild. And I was like, I had had weight loss surgery at the end of the marriage. He cheated on me because, honey, I don't know why he cheated, okay? Because I was looking good when I came home. Yeah. And I got real skinny after my weight loss surgery. I was in like a size 12. And to me, that's skinny because when you're a size, you know, 36 Mm. and you get down to a size 12. Yeah, that's, that's 
You know what I'm saying? I was 520 pounds and I got down to 230 pounds. Wow. Okay. Yeah. A bitch was slinging some cooch. A, a bitch was feeling herself. Right? I was. And my number went from like five to like. <laughs> more than five. Way more than five. Okay, honey. Okay. 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 My daddy said to me, I'm tired of seeing a different man coming out your room every night. I said, close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and close your own damn door. Okay. <laughs> right. So I just, I enjoyed my body and I made sure that I got to experience life before I found the one that I wanted to settle down with. Right. Well, that's the thing. I think you being so comfortable with your body uh, but I wasn't mm. I was comfortable enough to get some to get some shit up in there though well here's the dealio do you think you were trying to find that outside validation yes I wanted to know that all this hard work that I put in was not for nothing right you wanted that hard work and some hard dick to yeah. be inside of you plus too nobody had ever really been attracted to me like so much the various people that I was to hit on me like I'd never gotten attention like that before mm-hmm. and if I had it was in secret but now men were wanting to like take me out in public and be in public with me and like you know kiss me at the car in the parking lot of the restaurant and stuff like that and I've never had that and I was like hell yeah we're about to fuck this motherfucker <laughs> he just kissed me outside the chilies we're about to go right he didn't kiss me underneath the table right yeah how did you find these men Girl. Yes. <laughs> Online dating. Because I still, like, while I had the confidence to sleep with these people, I didn't have the confidence to, you know, try and meet somebody out. Out. Yeah, at the bar. But I ended up did meeting somebody, I did end up meeting somebody at the bar, and that's the man that I'm with now, my husband. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't think you should feel bad about online dating. I think that's definitely the world we're in, and that's definitely something that people our age now and actually people older than us younger than us the whole age bracket you know online dating is such a big thing um it is now it wasn't so much back then back then it was still kind of like frowned upon yeah but was it a website or was it an app it was it was all the websites I could get my name on. Okay. <laughs> match.com, match1.com, match2.com, <laughs> match48.com. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> Never sponsored. Yeah. Never sponsored. <laughs> we sponsor ourselves, bitch. Okay. Um but were you were you looking for a relationship? Yeah. Okay. I wanted a relationship. And some of them actually didn't want to date me. But after getting to know them, I realized that they weren't what I wanted in a partner, but I could still sleep with them. Yeah. And that would blow their fucking mind that somebody would reject them. Oh, wow. They do not like rejection. Dudes, yeah. That's that's what I was about to say, too. I was like, I think we're probably going to like dive into the double standard of it all because you, and I guess people who associate girls with being sluts, I mean, dudes do the same thing all the time and they're player players you know mm-hmm. but when a girl does it she's a slut so that's what I mean basically that's what you were doing you were just well I oh yeah know. I was definitely playing the game that they play yeah does that give you like some and when I, yeah when I flipped the script on them they couldn't handle it yeah. they would get mad yeah and I was like fuck I'm totable now so let me get the fuck out of here <laughs> totable 
<laughs> um, yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, how did you when when did that slow down for you when you met your current person or? Yeah, when I got with my husband. When we when we started dating and I realized that I actually liked him, like liked him, liked him. Yeah. That's when I stopped. I didn't I didn't cheat on him or anything like that. Yeah. But during that whole time that you were feeling yourself and feeling your body, like did you ever think that you would settle down? Yeah, I wanted to. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. I just for me, like with my experience, you know, I'm 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 not a slut. I've never been wired like that. I guess you could say, but you know, you talked about your high school experience, and I'm and I would want to take it back there too because I was obviously trying to explore my sexuality mm-hmm. or trying to keep it under wraps. But I don't know. I I also you know I said I came out late. Um, as a senior in high school and I realized that people come well nowadays like you know they're coming out at nine <laughs> you know yeah. or, or 12 but I know that there are people out there you know still 40 and still not comfortable with coming out but um that makes me sad for them yeah it makes me yeah especially you know that with all the visibility that's going on in the world too it's just yeah. like come on but um I you know I had I had a couple of interactions uh in high school there was there was this one boy that was under the radar um and he was actually it was hmm, i wonder if you know about this i don't know if you know about am i this. yeah i think you do know about this um because because i think they're still under the radar yes they are and i actually have no idea what they're up to these days i think i tried to stalk this person on facebook not too long ago and wasn't very successful um, but he was dating one, not one of our classmates, like, uh, I think she was a grade below us. Um, you're looking confused. I don't know if you know about this. Oh. All right. So we'll, we'll have a, we'll have a separate discussion after this is, uh, over, but, um. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, he was seeing a girl that went to school with us and this guy and I were uh, messing around on the low on the side and it didn't it it didn't last for too long did you have guilt you know because I was I was friends with that girl you friends with all the girls I know but I I had guilt but baby it was was also really fun because he was I mean, I went to his house, his mom loved me, his sister loved me, and I, it was, I wonder to this day what they thought, because what is he, because he's, he don't, he's not projecting any kind of, you know, femininity, like, whatsoever. Um, oh, I have no fucking clue who it is. All right, we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk in just a second, but, um... And I was wondering because, like, his mom and sister, especially his mom, was probably like, what are they doing hanging out? Like, mm-hmm. this is kind of, like, strange. And I remember, <laughs> I remember um, his mom and sister went on a 
Walmart trip (laughs) (laughs) because that's what you do here. Um, And, you know, we decided to stay at the Heezy because, you know, we were, we didn't want to go. Yeah, we didn't want to go because he wanted to pull his pants down and, you know, get him a little something, something. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to give it to him. So, um, but that started happening. And then we heard the car door slam where there was like shuffle. It was, it was. Oh, that sounds terrifying. But it was also exhilarating at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, exhilarating. But he got, as as I can imagine, he, like, got up in his head, and he cut it off real fast, and, uh, you know, went back to homegirl, and, um, you know, it hurt me. It, like, it was just, like, I, I, I knew that, like, I couldn't live in that fantasy forever, and I, I didn't want to live in that fantasy forever. He he was cute and all, but like I, you know, it wasn't like the one I was like sixteen or so. So, um, but then, but then like I had my first, I guess you can say, relationship. You know, um, shortly thereafter that from a boy, a little out of town. You know, just. 25 minutes up the road um and with the bat wings with the bat wings oh no oh the other one. Oh yeah 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 we still keep in touch i love him um He's pretty yeah always been pretty yeah I, I i remember making a pack with him like a, a while back like you know we're still single by 40 <laughs> let's get married um and my ass is single and he's with somebody oh. but whatever Um, But yeah, you know, I had my first little relationship, um, 16, 17, and that, you know, also lasted for three seconds, you know, and um, that was a heartbreaking experience, and then I finally came to terms, you know, of who I was, even though I was definitely coming to terms, like, you know, in my bedroom. (laughs) I didn't know you was hoeing like that. I don't think, I don't, I don't consider that hoeing. It ain't hoeing, but you know what I mean. I yeah. didn't know you was getting it like that. Well, and then and then senior year of high school, I was seeing a, another boy who worked at Hot Topic. Do you oh, know? yeah, that was the one I was talking about with the bat wings. Yeah. I loved him. Yeah, he was super sweet. And he... Um, what happened with y'all? I don't know. You don't remember? I don't remember. Um, I just think we Bless. fell out a little bit. But again, it was weird because it's also looking at us, you would never think that Mm-mm. we would. I mean, he was like wearing those big ass parachute pants and mesh shirts, and here <laughs> the I am bondage pants, right? And here I am, like in my Hollister. Mm-hmm. And then, know. and then your punk rock emo-y best friend was like, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's yeah. me, by the way. Right, right, right. But we we fizzled out, and then yeah, so college happened, right? So, like you know, we're talking about horn in our twenties here. The horn twenties. Um, so I, I don't really remember a lot about what you got around to in college. Well, that's because there wasn't really much to speak of because um, I had the idea of going to college and just letting my freak flag fly, you know, mm-hmm. but also being like really scared and super like inexperienced. Like now in high school, I didn't have like, you know, I messed around with boys, but like there was never, we never took it all the way there. Yeah. Um, and so I, I still hadn't like experienced all the way there. Um, mm-hmm. 
up until that point. And so I was like, okay, it's college. He's talking about anal in case y'all ain't following along. <laughs> yes. And so I remember I remember going to band camp, you know, because I'm a band nerd. <laughs> remember? This one time at band camp. Uh-huh. And there was this other guy there who was who was gay and just one just one just no <laughs> bitch i'm sure there was a hundred folks there up was, in that band that was, was gay yeah there was quite a few but there's one that particularly stuck out and there was a rumor going around which did happen to be true that he was hiv positive <gasps> yeah and so that really stuck with me and that that's so scary it's so scary and i think that that's why i gasped not because it's horrible as a person to be hiv positive but because it's fucking terrifying right and that's like really like kind of the really first time that i had heard not heard but like you know been so close to somebody that could potentially mm-hmm. have it right um and so that that definitely scared me because I was like you know uneducated and there's not as as many like there wasn't as much technology as there is today um, and knowledge and oh did I know him? You may have. I guess I guess we got a lot of catching up to do outside of this podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the other thing is um, we talked about this not too long ago too, but you remember you. <laughs> Cause I think you were, I think you were a huge like, yeah, you, you're gonna fuck somebody, you're gonna start fucking, you need to start, <laughs> you, need, you need to let your freak flag fly for real. <laughs> so you got me. I cannot believe I'm about to like broadcast this. We gonna tell it on the internet. I cannot believe I'm about to broadcast. Tell this. them, Dean. Tell them when I got you. <laughs> so you got me a little beginner toy. <laughs> Um, we was gonna get you ready for some dick, right? We were, you were, you and and you was gonna get me ready. And so, here's the dealio. I I wanted, you know, I wanted to like explore my sexuality. I wanted, you know, somebody to be up in my shit too. You know what I'm saying? And um, I was like, all right, well, we're gonna we're gonna explore this thing. And um, I again. With no prior knowledge, we're going to talk about this, you know, no prior knowledge of, like, what to do, how to do things. You know, I I was exploring, and, you know, I put that thing up in there. <laughs> Again, cannot believe that I'm about to. But listen, nobody talks about this. It's important. Yeah, nobody talks about this, right? So I explored, pulled <laughs> it out. And it was not it's not what it's not what anybody wants to see when they It didn't come out fresh. It didn't come out as fresh as it went in. No. <laughs> Well, at least it was on a toy from the store and not... Well, it wasn't like a kid's toy. It's like a an adult toy. Yeah. Um, and not on some dude's dick that you met at the Quest. That is 100% true. <laughs> but let me tell you something. But let me tell you something. That experience, um, that scarred me. because I mean, that was 
mortifying. Instead of helping you, I traumatized you. Correct. I'm sorry. So it's all your fault that I'm not not a slut. Well, Um, listen, bitch, I didn't know nothing about no anal douching back then. I, I wasn't getting fucked in the ass. I didn't know what I was supposed to do, so... Well, you know, so I I had that traumatizing, mortifying personal experience, and I was just like, uh, okay, well, I guess, I guess I'm just not going to do, I, you know, and I was, I was in college. I mean, there was a whole bunch of gay dudes walking around, and, you know, it's invited to house parties, and this is, like, before apps and all of that, um, and, you know, I, like, you know, I hopped in the bed with a couple of people, but, again, it did not go all the way because I wouldn't allow it to. You just didn't ever think to ask, why come ain't none of y'all got no shit on your dick? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was not about to let that happen, period, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And so, I mean, I just kind of kept to myself um, in, in, in terms of, you know, I didn't know like if I wanted to date anybody or if I wanted to like have sex but I also was like you know consumed with like insecurity and didn't know if I was yeah. like you know and you know I was starting to play with makeup and that's you know how I got into beauty in the first place and I just kind of took that and ran with it and I started to wear makeup and that was something that did not help me attract boys in college especially boys in the south in college yeah and so um yeah and then i started then i started going out to the bar you know mm-hmm. i like turn 18 and i was like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna drive i'm gonna drive to birmingham i'm gonna go to this quest place everybody's talking about and you know i'm gonna like party party it up live it up watch drag queens you know the first interaction i had with like drag queens scared the shit out of me I was oh that like, shit was fun as fuck for me no i was like uh that is scary but then i became like super addicted and like like love going to shows but you know i was going out to the bar and i was like oh great like this could be a, like a place that i meet people too right mm-hmm. um but i was wearing every shade of the rainbow like on my face mm-hmm. which again not only does not attract boys in college, but it also did not attract men at the bar either. And I just felt like I had, for a long time, I felt like I had a lot of strikes against me. You know, I like was feminine. I did wear all the shit on my face. Um, tall, skinny, which you think would like, you know, attract them, but no. Yeah. You know, there's a- You think it would have been easier if you were shorter? No, I I don't think the tall. I mean, just a skinny, tall, but also Asian part of it. You know, like it's a whole thing. I think here in the South, like it's either black or white, like literally black or white. And that was I just felt like yeah, I know. Like, it makes me so sad. For yeah, you. you didn't. Yeah, you really don't know this whole side. Yeah, no, I had a lot of insecurities, and I had a lot of. I felt like I have a lot of strikes against me, like in the. In the gay dating world and you know that's another reason why I wasn't super active you know and mm-hmm. um, and then when I started when I left college and then when I moved to Birmingham to work for that cosmetics line you know I was still going out I mean I went out from the time I was 18 to like 24 like every weekend I had no idea oh my god I went out 
every girl weekend. you was bar hopping when you well you wasn't hopping it was just through the quest huh? it was just that one and they opened up a couple more and i was i was hopping then but you know i went out to the bar and again i was just flaming the flames of my faggotry like just everywhere you know and just going to the bar and you know, dancing and letting off steam and just, you know, like taking off my shirt, you know, and dancing on top of the speaker boxes and looking at myself in the mirror, you know, just being like... You was feeling that uh, Leo moon and rising? Yes. Oh, for sure. You know, just dancing to all sorts of remixes and all that kind of stuff. But again, I also let off that energy where like I wasn't looking for anybody and I, you know... I was and I wasn't. I mean, yes, I wanted to be approached for sure. That that's that's the way I worked. I'm 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 the girl and I want to be approached or whatever. And um, again, wearing the whole damn counter of makeup on your face is really not going to attract, you know. But you were so pretty. Sure, I I thought so too. You know, <laughs> and I was hoping that some Prince Charming, some suitor would just come out of the smoke fog <laughs> I don't know you know come Calgon take you away <laughs> correct yes at least buy me a drink or something like that so but that that did not happen and plus you know I was going out with you know my best friends like all of those weekends and they probably assumed that we were like together um so but I did not have anybody that was interested in me at all so for the reason like you thought you know you well I don't know your story is different because you have you still have people wanting to fuck you under the table I, I didn't have anybody at least but the people who did want to fuck me underneath the table were people that I definitely did not want to fuck me underneath the table <laughs> oh. now, under the table not on the table not around the table no. just get away from my table bitch yeah no preposition buy me a drink and then go on over there yes but I wasn't even getting people to ask me if I wanted a drink, you know, so I definitely felt um, a lot of insecurities during like that, that 20s, early 20s period. And I just kind of like shrugged it off like, oh, you know, it's just nobody, I had to put up a front and I was just like, you know what, nobody can handle me, nobody can like appreciate this for all that it is, then fuck them. Not literally, but but yeah, yeah but fuck them. <laughs> fuck you, bitch. Yeah, or, or do you want to fuck me? No, okay, cool. Um, but also, I mean, in the back of my mind, I still had that like traumatizing, self-exploratory experience, and I just again like, there's nobody there. There was there was like there's no YouTube. There's no manual. There's like no. They got anal douching on YouTube. <laughs> Not that I know. Well. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah, there are there are videos now that kind of, not to show the, the process of it, but to explain what you oh, do, mm-hmm. you know. Like a little infographic video? Maybe a little infographic, a little, here's, here's, here's what you can use. Listen, honey, I looked at an infographic and I still did it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when you came over with that. Shit, I cleaned out my lunch that I had had five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, that's not exactly how you do it. You could have whistled Dixie up in that bitch. <laughs> Well, I think you were trying to, like, get ready for a fist to be up in there. <laughs> Hell no, I wasn't trying to get ready for nothing. I was just practicing in case I wanted to do it one day. Well, you you practiced and you took it on home, didn't you? 
I took it home. I took it to the Walmart. So I took it down the road. We went to church. <laughs> Said hello to Jesus on the way. <laughs> Jesus was like, that's too much, baby. That's too much. Um, but then, then what happened was, um, apps started becoming like popular, mm. you know, not only for, you know, I don't know when like straight apps came along, but Grindr came and I didn't even know I had to actually research this before, um, coming up in here and, and, and the you apps... doing research for this podcast? Oh yeah, girl. Shit. No, man. <laughs> I didn't know what I'm talking about because I have an idea, you know, like, so like, uh, so Grindr came out in 2009. Mm-hmm. So that's, fucking long time like you know like it's been 11 years now right so, uh, mm-hmm. is that right can we do math on this podcast um, but so so it came out in 2009 I remember hearing about it um, and kind of like I don't remember if I was on it I probably was but you know then I moved back home like at the very beginning of like 2010 and um, I wasn't really I probably I think I was on it but I was kind of like what is this and you know like I think everybody was just like what is this like how how does this work you know um but then um then I got into a relationship like that same year from Um, where how where'd y'all meet so you know I was working at the nail salon Mm -hmm. slinging some brows Mm -hmm. um and this um client who came in on the regular um, she is uh, what we like to call a fruit fly. She um, <laughs> so she just, a bag hang. Mm-hmm. She just likes to attract gay men wherever she goes, and so you know her little her little um, <laughs> her little ears and eyes perked up when she saw me, and she's like, "Ooh, who are you?" You know, whatever. And of course, like I was drawn to her too because she's just one of those girls. And um, I think she just flat out asked me. She goes, "What's your type?" And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, what do you think? So, <laughs> you know, two legs, breathing. <laughs> Three, if I'm lucky, right now. <laughs> um, but no, I, you know, I, I had a, a semi-type back then. And so, like, I kind of told her. And she goes, oh, I, you know, I, I have a friend that I think I could, like, you know, introduce you to. So, yeah. So, we, we uh, friended each other on Facebook. And um, we started talking, and we, I think we video chatted that night, and then we were, like, basically inseparable for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, like, in that relationship for four years, and I, I was, like, 24, 25, and, you know, I, that was my, like, first relationship that I had ever been in. Um, and I was just kind of head over heels and kind of just, like, really sucked up into that. Um, and thought that I was like, oh, I've, this is what I wanted this entire time. You know, I was, I was looking for that. I think, and the problem with, with Grindr and apps like that too, is that, you know, they, they promote, they, they don't explicitly say that they promote hookup culture, but, um, that's, that's what it is. That's, there's like, you know, like, you know, it's a grid and like, it's based off a distance and people put their faces on there or they'll put like a torso shot you know just like here's my meat and flesh and skin do you want it you know yeah and it's like you know uh first message if you're lucky is 
a hey how are you or how's it going or whatever but usually it's just like dick pic like bam dick pic and seriously oh yeah dick pic you horny uh, wow you know yeah it's it is insane um and you know it causes a lot of um insecurity like further insecurity body shame yeah that's fucked up um just you know feeling more feelings of loneliness you know all that all that shit so um so yeah and then and then after that my relationship ended and I was here for a couple more years and then I moved to Chicago I was like okay I'm 30 years old (laughs) 30 years old I'm about to be in this new big city I'm gonna fuck everybody (laughs) I'm going to just do it I'm gonna I have arrived you know like I'm Mm -hmm. going to finally yeah I'm gonna be like you know uh explore my body and like let people explore my body and all that great stuff and um I got you know I got on Grindr and I got on some other apps and I was just like yes boys here I am Mm -hmm. hit me up you know um and you know they did and I just quickly found out that like I'm not hardwired like that I can't I can't do that and plus you know I was still butt sex is you know it's complicated um, How's it complicated? Tell me about it. Well, <laughs> butt sex is complicated in the sense. Well, especially for me, and again, I'm just gonna let you all have it. Let let you all have information, especially when your stomach don't act right all the time. You know, if you are not um, going like you should be, and all that kind of stuff. You know, and then and then when you do do, you know, it just kind of like messes with your. Um, your gut, your yeah, your flora, your flora, your microbiome, and all that kind of stuff. We're getting real serious in here. Um, this is an educational podcast, <laughs> you guys. And um, yeah, it's just and there's there can be oopsies, like you know, if you don't clean out all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, how do you even fucking handle that? You just look back. Oops, I shit on your dick. Yeah, no, it's it's. <laughs> It's twice as mortifying as that self-exploratory. Do they stop and y'all clean up, or like, what do you gotta do? So it it all it literally depends on the the person that the, the top who's fucking you. If they are if they are um, cool enough to be like, yeah, I fuck dudes in the ass. Shit happens, literally. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it can it can pause and resume once you kind of get it figured out okay or it can just pause and you go home you're mortified and you go home like both parties are you know not it's it's a turnoff for some people i I understand that Mm -hmm. um same when put it out there people some people are into it uh oh no ma'am no thanks i'll see you never right and And go home yeah (laughs) hell no no so but yeah, so that that also that was also an experience that you know gay men have, including myself. You know, I've had that experience too with a fucking hot dude too. I was just like, God damn it, it couldn't be like. Oh, so he was into it, and you're like, mm. no, 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 he wasn't. He wasn't into it. He was just, um, he was just super attractive, and um, I hated 
that it ruined the moment because he was just like, he paused and he was like, uh, I was like, oh God, what happened? So I looked back and, you know, things, things weren't, things weren't kosher. And so. Oh my God. I would die. Oh, I wanted to die in that moment. You know, everybody wants to die What'd you in do? That just moment. slide off his dick and pick up your clothes and like <laughs> waddle to the bathroom and then just quietly leave? <laughs> I, I went to the bathroom and uh, he was not cool with it, obviously, but he was like, oh God. Okay, well, here we go. Um, Let us know. Let us know. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let us know. Well, speaking of come on, he was just like. I still want to come, so you know we we found other ways to. Oh, he continued to to finish the mission. So yeah, so that's what's up. At least I guess. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're dying inside while you're doing whatever else. Well, going I mean, ass to mouth, I guess. <laughs> no, that's definitely not what happened. That's definitely not what happened, but. You know, I, I had I had a few experiences in, in in Chicago, but again, not like typical gay hookup culture numbers where you're just mm-hmm. you know fucking. So you're not a stereotype. I'm not, and you know I had shame about that for a little bit too. Because you weren't a stereotype. Yes. Yeah. Really? Because I want like I desperately. Kind of relate. I kind of relate yeah. because I felt shame because I wasn't a regular girl mm. and I wanted to fuck. Yeah. But you're the, on the opposite side and you didn't want to fuck I, like that. I, you know, the, the thing about it is for me, I, I crave connection. Like I, mm-hmm. in order for, for us, for, for me to allow you to be up in my space, literally and figuratively, I crave a connection. So like, you know, I'm like, you know, people get uh, gay guys who go on Grinder to look for love, are always kind of like scoffed at because they're just like, "Uh, buddy, you're looking at the wrong, you're looking at the wrong place." Mm-hmm. Uh, it can happen. There's stories. I mean, there's Grinder love stories, but um, you know, it happens few and far between. But like, I, I wanted at least a coffee date, a lunch date, a something. Let's you know, yeah, I can. We can we can use the code. Do you want to come over and watch a movie? But I actually wanted to watch the movie, and then you uh-huh. know, but no, that that's not that's not how it how it worked. But no, I wanted to I wanted to, uh, you know, explore my body and let people explore my body and um, do all that. I thought that's what I was supposed to do. I thought that you know when I went mm-hmm. to college and or I'm this gay a guy or whatever that I'm like just supposed to you know have my my face and like I. Even friends like were just like, oh, you know, you, you know, you, you, when I, when they would see me on the app, you know, like I would try to, you know, hide it, you know, whenever I was like at somebody's house or whatever, they'd be like, ah, yeah, you get, you get, you getting some tonight or whatever, or, you know, something like that. And I'm just like, uh, no, I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and I'm, I just, I just realized that I'm like not hardwired like that. So I'm, I'm. A little older than 30 years old now <laughs> and and just realized that about myself and I but you know I was thinking about that too and I was like well there's still time there's still time for me to be a slut perhaps maybe mm-hmm. but I, it's, I don't think it's gonna happen yeah it doesn't have to happen yeah you can just be you and everybody loves you 
Well, they're not loving me hard enough because I'm not getting fucked, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> there was so much of that that I did not know. Yeah, I, I figured. Yeah, because we, you know, we kind of, we went our separate ways in college. Um, yeah, we did. And you did your thing and you definitely did your thing. I did a lot of things, honey. <laughs> I did a lot of things. And I went my way. And yeah, I was like caught up in that relationship for, you know, for four years. And that kind of took, you know, away from, and, but I also had shame because like my, my, um, my partner at the time had also had uh, a higher body count and, um, you know, expected um, sex on the regular. And that was a, a point of contention between us because even in that relationship, it was hard for me to let him explore me. And, you know, so that's, it's been a, it's been a really interesting sex journey for yours truly but you're more comfortable with it now right yeah i am i am and i um i'm i'm yeah we'll say we'll say that yeah oh okay you ready to hoe (laughs) not necessarily but you can you if you want to hoe with dean you can message us on the at blunt best friends (laughs) instagram (laughs) slide in them dms Keep in mind, his very non-judgmental best friend can also see those DMs, so you can reach him at at D underscore Gaijin on Instagram. <laughs> and with that, we will go to our our sponsor message. All right. Well, surprise, surprise. The sponsor message is from none other than Browse by D. <laughs> <laughs> so for all you local peeps, uh, I'm back, bitches. So actually starting uh, July 17th, I'm back in the salon. Um, all information can be found on my Facebook page, um, Browse by Dean. Uh, speaking of, I mean, I made a comeback post, and I'm appreciating all the love that I've gotten so far, and you bitches are booking, and um, I'm loving it. So I'm also not, uh, I'm, I'm not only offering waxing services uh, from now from the underarms up now, so don't get any ideas, but uh, remember, I'm a gold star gay. <laughs> I ain't trying to look at that. So, uh, but I'm also doing tinting services. So I'm tinting brows and lashes. Um, that makes such a difference. So, um, yeah. So see more details on the services menu on my Facebook page. And uh, yeah, holla at your boy and get your brows laid. Yes, I can't wait to get mine done on Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. So you, you get you get special privileges uh, before my actual start date. So that's right. <laughs> Okay, so this week we actually have an audience listener question. Um, The audience member says, I recently reconnected with an old acquaintance after many years of not having any contact. We really clicked and became close friends relatively fast. However, I realized very quickly that this person is suffering from severe undiagnosed mental illness, which I would liken to bipolar disorder. He is also homeless at the moment. He is working on getting a place and steady income, but I worry about him because I happen to be the only person in his life right now that is being kind and there for him. He leans on me for support and I really do not know how to handle it. It has been emotionally draining to wonder how he is, where he is sleeping, and what he is doing. We have talked about him going to see someone and he seemed perceptive, but his current situation is obviously standing in the way of that happening. How do you support someone who is suffering from undiagnosed mental illness and what is the best way to support a homeless friend in another city without giving them money? 
as a lot of you know, I, Megan, have got, y'all ready for this laundry list? Bipolar disorder, borderline personality disorder, PTSD, uh, generalized anxiety disorder, and chronic depressive disorder. So mental illness is something that I know a good bit about. And also, being undiagnosed is this huge struggle when they don't know what's wrong with you. And that's if you're trying to get help. When you don't know what's wrong with yourself and neither do the people that are helping with you, but it takes treatment to figure that out. Um, bipolar in itself alone is an intense, very intense mental illness with super highs and super lows, unless you've got a, varied, a variant of it. But when it's good, it's good, and when it's bad, it's bad. And it's very hard to get to good without treatment. Okay, so I highly suggest helping him find resources that are either income-based, free, or slide and scale. If they don't, you know, if they don't have any income, it'll be it should be free. Um, there are state-run clinics. They're not always the best with their treatments, but it's better than nothing. And they should at least be able to help him get medication. Medication when you have severe mental illness is extremely important. Okay. Not only that, there's talk therapy, cognitive therapy, and all of that bundles into the services at the clinic. Um, he's going to have to be completely transparent with them. This is not something that you can do for him, making him go to his appointment. That's going to have to be something that he wants for himself. So he needs to come to terms with the fact that he is going to have to get treatment. That's probably the hardest part. It's a, a huge... Um, a huge thing to take on when you're already sick and struggling and come to terms with the fact that you're sick and struggling and aren't normal. It's a roller coaster ride that you go through. But I mean, other than that, for your own mental health, and you're going to have to set boundaries with yourself because helping him with his mental illness at the sacrifice of your own mental health is not a good thing. But you showing up for him when nobody else is says leaps and bounds about your character. And you should really pat yourself on the back for that. Because that's when you're a person that does have mental illness, it is really hard to find people that can understand and be there for you when you are just completely irrational or, you know, it makes you feel irrelevant. Not to have another ear word, but it makes you feel irrelevant to anyone. And it's a severe struggle and it can throw you into suicidal tendencies. Okay, so you showing up for him is huge. So in regards to what you should do, that should be an, enough for your mind. But I understand that you're wanting to go forward a little bit deeper and get him some help. So I would strongly encourage him to, and you can help him find those resources, but he's the one that's going to have to show up at those resources. Okay, if he's not willing to do that, you can't continuously keep putting yourself out there on the line and sacrificing your own mental health, breaking your own heart, trying to help him when he won't meet you at least halfway. Right, Dane? Does that yeah, sound? That sounds perfect. Yeah. Right. Because if you, if, if you can't get him to meet you halfway, you're just going to run yourself down trying. Yeah, I mean, you definitely, I mean, like, she's obviously the pro here talking about all this, but you definitely have to set boundaries. Um, that's the, that's definitely the, the advice I would give. I know that you're the type of person that wants to take those leaps and bounds and really, um, help the person as much as you can. But again, they're going to have to 
take the initiative themselves and like again you can point them to the resources but they have to be willing to get help themselves um and so but you know i i message um the person separately too and i i wanted to kind of know a little bit more about the situation because you know i'm like how how long has they been homeless are they like on on the street or are they like couch surfing and um they did tell me that um the person is on the street and you know I was trying to do a little research and um, a lot of the things a lot of the, the um, places that I saw uh, resources that I saw said that getting getting shelter is the most important thing so what is your take on that Megan I would maintain or I think that to maintain the shelter they're gonna need to get help with a mental illness first because if they go into a, a extreme manic episode while they're in this shelter, they could get kicked out. So I suggest the medication first and have a, and then get them to go to the appointment first and get the medication first and then have them seek a more permanent shelter. That's my take on it. Yeah. I mean, our, our first question that we got sure what's a doozy yeah that's i mean that's a heavy it's a heavy heavy subject and um again, but it's an important one to address it is yeah and i i would also echo a lot of what megan was saying that you do need to pat yourself on the back because that does say so much about your character that you are you know wanting you know to know how you can help in the first place so um if you want to have your question, and we hope that answers your question. Thank you for sending it in. If you want to have your question answered, DM us on our at Blunt Best Friends Instagram, and we will put you in the lineup. All right. And so if you also want to support us further, if you want to go to our Patreon um, at patreon.com slash bluntbestfriends. Um, it's just five dollars, hoes. I know you can afford that too. So it's for for <laughs> for less than a venti iced matcha latte with the milk of your choice. I speak from experience, if you can't tell. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can support us, um, and that again will just keep this baby rolling because we want to keep it rolling for ya. Um, yeah, so subscribe um, on Patreon. It's five dollars. It helps us to keep going and we would greatly appreciate it y'all a little advice for you stay classy a little bit trashy and be, be yourself, yourself because you're, you're enough. enough we'll talk to y'all next week bye, bye.